I love the story of the man on the bus who rode the entire trip with his fingers in his ears. Finally, the person sitting next to him said, What are you putting your fingers in your ears for? And he replied, To keep the tigers away. Oh, that's silly. And the man, the man replied, Do you see any tigers here? It's true that not listening, by not listening, one can keep some of the difficulties, dangers, and fears out of one's life. But it's also true for that person that he or she will not hear what God is trying to say in his or her life. And then there are so many distractions and voices calling for our attention. It's hard to know who we should listen to and which voice we should follow. The voice of materialism tells us that money is number one and we should work as hard as we can to make as much as we can. And the voice of vanity says that the quality of clothes we wear, the way we look and smell, will determine how well we're liked and whether or not we're with it. The voice of pleasure tells us that the most important pursuit is our own happiness, enjoyment, and comfort. The list of voices could go on and on. So whose voice do we listen to anyway? A few years ago, the news from Philadelphia carried the sad word that a young man in his mid-teens had been struck dead by a train. The victim had been out walking on the tracks in one of the city's suburbs, and the police reported that they found earphones and the scattered remains of an iPhone near the scene of the tragedy. It's not hard to conclude that the teen was killed because he was so tuned into his own world of music, and thus he could not hear the warning of the diesel bearing down on him. You see, the voices we tune into will affect the track of our life's direction. Recall with me the passage from 1 Samuel that Deborah read for us a few minutes ago. Remember how three times in a row Samuel mistook God's calling him as Eli's calling him. And fortunately, Eli had the good sense to finally point him to God. I suspect there are times in our lives when we either can't hear God's call in our lives because we're listening to other voices, or like Samuel, we mistake the call of God as something else. We can get so wrapped up in the near at hand and the superficial stuff of life that we miss those things which carry deeper meaning. We can rationalize that the voices we are hearing, be it Materialism, vanity, pleasure, and so forth are really okay because everyone else is following those voices. And we can bargain. After all, God's call to respond will always be there, and I can, I can do it later. But the chance to go to that concert or ball game may only come along once. Time out. Now, am I saying concerts and ball games are bad 
Of course not. I enjoy them as much as anyone. But I have noticed in our culture that the church and its missional projects of service are often at the bottom of people's totem pole of priority. The question for us this morning is, what will I do with my life? What will I do with this one precious life that God has given me? And so as we continue on in our fall series, the quest and the call, I want to suggest that the call is not just for those of us who are, who are ordained or licensed ministers, but that each and every one of you is being called to ministry. You are a minister of Christ. Each one of you has and needs to have a vocation. The word vocation comes from the Latin vocare, which means to call. God's call, God's summon comes to all of us. And vocare and volo, which you probably know is at the root of volunteer, means I will, that vocare and volo are two sides of the same coin. One has to do with a call and the other with a response to the call. The quest, the question really is, what will I do with my life? And the problem is, whose voice or voices will I listen to? As much as we all get distracted, I also believe nearly every one of us, deep down inside, wants to hear what God would say to us in our deepest selves. It's just that hearing or sensing God's call can be darn hard. Let's establish something very basic right now. One of the greatest insights of our Christian faith is that life is understand, understood and seen as a whole. Life is a whole. We can't section our lives into what we do to make a living, from what we do to have fun, with what we do with those we love, what we do in church, and what we do for ourselves. Even if we think that way, compartmentally, they are false separations from who we are. Friends, our lives only have meaning in any enduring sense if they fit together and have significance as a whole. Well-integrated lives are those that hold together all aspects of living so that there is integrity and wholeness, observes theologian Dennis Campbell. Try as we might, we cannot separate a job or career from the rest of our activities and involvements. Vocation is tied to a total life call. Our vocation can give us a set of priorities which enable us to order our conflicting desires. But how do we hear God's call in our life? For as I mentioned earlier, it's not always a simple matter. Personally, I think it has to do with hearing a hint half-guessed at. In small and often unnoticed ways, we are all recipients of God's love notes. 
In the course of a day, we can be touched by God and not even be aware of it. If only we knew how to listen. Listening for the still, small voice is not always easy. Letting a holy and elusive word that is spoken to us in the depths of our being bubble up to consciousness can be a delicate matter. Perhaps in a spiritual sense, we need to clean the wax out of our ears. Have you ever had a blessing in disguise? Ever had a blessing in disguise? I've had one recently. When I came home from vacation, the radio in my car wasn't working the way it was supposed to, and I couldn't get all the stations and music that I was accustomed to listening to. And at first I was frustrated by it and annoyed, and so I finally just turned it off. And it was wonderful. I actually had time. The time I had had on vacation was slipping away because there had been a lot of quiet moments there, but I wasn't finding them when I came back. But here, all of a sudden, I was finding more quiet moments in the car, moments in which I could meditate, moments in which I could think about our congregation and what's coming for all of us, moments to pray, moments to turn my attention to God. I'm not saying that radios are bad. It's just that that was a blessing in disguise for me, and I will get around to fixing my radio so that it can play the music I like to hear. But it was a blessing in disguise to focus my listening in a different way. In his spiritual book entitled Markings, Dog Hammerschold shares this insight. The best and most wonderful thing that can happen to you in this life is that you should be silent and let God work and speak. Through a blessing in disguise, I've been learning the beauty and the truth of that insight. There's one more personal thought I want to share with you, and it's that I seldom know, I seldom know what it is God wants me to do. So often I make my best guess, and then I begin to see it in retrospect. More often than not, I can see how God was leading me in a particular situation only when looking back on that experience. At the time, I was struggling to hear a hint half-guessed at. Elton Trueblood was a longtime professor at Earlham College, and in Indiana, and he once wrote, a Christian is a person who confesses that amidst the manifold and confusing voices heard in the world, there is one voice which supremely wins his or her full assent, uniting all of his or her powers, intellectual and emotion, into a single pattern of self-giving, and that voice is God in Jesus Christ. Friends, the voice is the Lord's, and the pattern is self-giving. But what shape it takes in each of our lives cannot be predetermined. Each of us is unique and distinctive. And so the shape of our lives and our calling will be different. We can help each other discern the calling, but trust me, they will be very different. Here's how Paul put it in our Corinthians text that Kent read for us. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service 
but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates them all in everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You see, we each do it differently in our own way, the way that we feel called, and yet it's all for the good of the church. For me, hearing God's call, which is seldom crystal clear, is hearing a hint half-guessed at. Let me suggest the best way I know for beginning to hear God's call in your life, and it's this. Your sense of call will be where your enthusiasm meets a need of the world. Enthusiasm is the combination of two Greek words, in and God. It comes from theos, in, theos, in, God, God in you. God in you is what enthusiasm is all about. So your sense of call is where your enthusiasm meets a need of the world. If you get nothing else out of today's sermon, I hope you will remember that. And I'd even go so far as to encourage you to take out, I don't do this very often, but I'd encourage you to take out a pencil from the pew rack and write it down. Your sense of call is where your enthusiasm meets a need of the world. There's a quip which says, Years wrinkle the skin, but lack of enthusiasm wrinkles the soul. In the sense of call we're talking about, I believe that's very true. You know, the baseball season is kind of winding to its conclusion. And I'd like to uh, share Charlie Brown on the pitcher's mound. He says, okay, team, we lost, but let's be good sports about it. Let's give our opponents a good old-fashioned hip-hip hooray. And Lucy takes her mitt, she throws it on the ground, and she kicks it, and she turns to him and she yells out, I'll give you a hip-hip, but no hooray. You see, Lucy's sense of enthusiasm could not, need, could not meet a need during a time of loss. Our choices and whether or not we let our enthusiasm, God in us, meet the needs of the world, all has to do with hearing a hint half-guessed at. It was Thoreau who observed, none of us, none are so old as those who have outlived enthusiasm. Contrast that to the man, 64 years old, who was asked why he decided at this stage of life to serve in the Peace Corps. He said, most people go through periods in their lives. Me, I'd rather go through exclamation points. His exclamation point, his enthusiasm was meeting a need of the world. What will I do with my life? What is my vocation? What is the call of God in my life? On this fall Sunday, let's remember the root of volo, a volunteer, which means I will. I will serve. I will serve! Exclamation point. And so I want to close with a prayer poem by Robin Van Cleef when he says, 
Teach me to listen, Lord. Teach me to catch the voice of heaven in earthly things. Equip me with antenna to pick up and select out of the cacophony that drums against my ear your voice. Amplify in my ear truth sounds. Teach me to hear in silence as I pray. Teach me to catch your voice in words set down by ancient pen. Teach me to listen too with hands and feet, translating your voice into my daily walk and way. Teach me to listen, Lord. Amen. Today, and in all the coming days, may God grant us the grace in the totality of our life's unfolding of hearing a hint half-guessed at. So be it, and amen.